You're listening to Fresh Look with Hen Mazig, presented by the Israel on Campus Coalition. Welcome back. We're so glad you could join us today for episode two of Fresh Look. This week's episode will feature a robust discussion on antisemitism. Our featured guest Dan Yellarabani lives in the nexus of art, culture, and politics in the global Jewish community. Daniela is an award-winning actress, and her credentials include several productions with New York's famed National Yiddish Theater Folksbian, which brings Yiddish-language theater back to life, The Americans and Oceans 8. Daniela is a second-generation descendant of Holocaust survivors and an outspoken advocate for Israel and the American Jewish community. Welcome to the show, Daniela. I'm so excited to, uh, to have this incredible person that I admire, and I'm kind of fangirling a bit, um, Daniela Rabani, an incredible, um, well, I mean, you've done it all, like actor and voice for the Jewish community, and um, just uh, I, I, like a dear friend for me. Um, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm really excited to be here. I'm like such a fan of yours, and the fact that I get to be your friend is like, <laughs> feels so good. <laughs> and that we, get, that we get to like do this, um, have this conversation. I feel like these conversations are important to have, and it's it's um it's just an honor to you know to to get to have them you know I, I think about like my my father you know was in the Yom Kippur War my grandparents are Holocaust survivors and I'm like I get to have the conversation how lucky am I you know how lucky I'm, am I that that's where we're at maybe my children's generation like maybe they could transcend that too it's no it's so it's so right i mean uh, we're all doing our part and we just can do whatever we can do and and i think we're obligated to do what we can do and i feel like you're doing that and um so i I want to start more with your career with your professional career um you've done everything from from um selling uh well not selling she stole it at the end uh something to uh sandra bullock bullock right yeah that was amazing yeah I, i was um it was the first scene in Oceans 8 and um, I got yeah. to I got to do that like eight months pregnant. It was very, very fun. Amazing. I remember loving the scene itself. Um, and you've uh, you've been on uh, God Friended Me uh, and you've done so many things that I don't have even time to go through. But I want to ask if there's one role that you played that was very um, connected or very or made you feel um, that you were you know, that your Jewish identity is informing the role that you're doing, um, one specific one that you have that you can share with us. Well, I started my career in the Yiddish theater. So right when I graduated from um, acting school, I got a scholarship to study Yiddish. And then I went, uh, I, I would tour around um, the United States and then did some off-Broadway shows. And then I even got to perform in, in Poland and in Austria and really um, beautiful venues singing in Yiddish. And that of course was informed by my, by my Jewish identity, by my, my grandparents, my father, my grandfather, who's my, you know, a real source of inspiration for me. But when I was cast as Rabbi Zoe Schwartz on God Friended Me, I felt so, um, I felt so well suited for it. And I also felt like you know, there are some really fantastic non-Jewish actors who have played Jewish roles really well, but I get to do it from a place of really like deep information, cellular knowledge. And, um, and the fact that, you know, I, I was raised modern Orthodox and, and that I got to be the rabbi, you know, was so, um, 
it was like a personal win for me. It also gave me a lot of um, sort of permission online to speak from that place. So I would like, when I was pregnant, I would I would write posts about, um, you know, sort of Dvar Torah, you know, like sort of things that, that Kabbalistic captions and musings on, um, on being Jewish. And I felt like for whatever reason, because I got this recurring role on this, you know, Fox TV show that I, um, I had that permission slip. I probably had it all along, you know, but, um, but that was like external validation <laughs> or something. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting. I mean, do you feel like before, um, well, generally like being an American Jewish person, you didn't have the liberty or, or the confidence. Why didn't you have the confidence that you had after, um, as you're saying, uh, playing this role to speak up mm -hmm. about this? There was always a sense for me that I wanted to fit in, you know, mm -hmm. that I didn't want to just play Jewish roles or that uh, especially because I started in the Yiddish theater that I that I would I would have to prove that it's a legitimate um, art form and it like so definitely is that I, I need not prove it. Um, it's like I, awesome. And um, and so I I think there was a sense in me and and I see in, in other actors this idea that like I'm not just Jewish. I'm a person. I'm um, and I and I want to be considered for all these different roles. So if I sort of pigeonhole myself, which I've you know been been told not to be too Jewish or um, not to talk too much about it, blah blah blah. Um, if I pigeonhole myself, that, that I wouldn't have that sort of upward mobility that I was you know hoping for as an as an artist. Um, I I think that that advice, at least for me, was off because my art comes from my authenticity it comes from my soul it, and my soul has been through a jewish experience uh, also a human experience um and i'm happy to to play other other ethnicities and other um, backgrounds but there's something um unabashedly and truly jewish about me so the more i own that um, and continue to own that, that the happier, more fulfilled, more generous I can be as a person and as an artist, as an actor. That's an amazing piece of, of advice. And, you know, we're working with, this is going, this is airing on Israel and Campus Coalition. And a lot of the students that are listening to us, I'm sure have a similar experience where they feel like they shouldn't be too Jewish and shouldn't put, pigeonhole themselves into something and they need to you know, to maybe even, I mean, in a sense, it's also, there, there's shame involved in it. And, yeah. and the idea that you shouldn't, yeah. No, that's generational, you know, mm -hmm. like intergenerational. I think like there, racism on all levels, um, anti-Jewish racism, you know, at the hand of Nazis, at the hand of, you know, well-meaning people who think they're complimenting you when they say we mm -hmm. run the banks and we run the media and et cetera. Like, this type of othering of Jews has made us afraid and, and that fear has caused a lot of shame, not just not just in our ourselves, but in our parents, in the way they parented us, in our grandparents, the way they, you know, there was like a whole generation of people who spoke Yiddish um, in Israel and, you know, in, in the United States and of course everywhere else where they just wouldn't speak Yiddish to their children because God forbid they would be too Jewish. And, and it's not just like, um, 
it wasn't it wasn't just like oh someone wouldn't like them it was someone would hurt them you know they, they were trying to protect their children from their jewishness mm. so we've learned this you know you know generation after generation this push pull between um this deep pride of our heritage of our rituals of the of the um of the legacy of being jewish and then a deep deep pervasive shame of the way we look of the way we sound um look at woody allen and the way he makes fun of his you know nebishy quality why why is he hunched over like that why, why does he have so much self-hatred that's internalized anti-semitism is what that is so um I just want to normalize that experience, I guess, is what I'm saying, is that like, if someone is feeling that shame or that fear, that is an inheritance. In, in Hebrew, it would be like Yerusha, or in Yiddish, it would call it Yerusha, right? Like, that is part of our inheritance. And part of being Jewish is that we are deeply joyful, and also there is absolute sorrow and and uh and mournfulness in the experience and so shame is part of that that mourning right and I, and i do feel that i mean th there's the part that you mentioned that it's a fear because you're you're afraid to be hurt um but i we're seeing now with uh with black lives matter and with the lgbtq movements and other causes that young um people that are part of minority or in the intersection of several minorities taking more pride and ownership of their identity. But I still feel that the Jewish community and young Jews um, are not there yet. And they're not feeling, a lot of them are, and I'm not trying to, uh, yeah. to paint this all with a white brush, but I think, and many are also called to task, but I do still feel like we, um, and let me know, I want to know what you think about that, that we are um, still not fully welcome to embrace our identity within progressive movement while other minorities and being part of the LGBTQ community, I can tell you that I'm very proud of my queer identity here in London and everyone knows that and I would, you know, and, and I would go to Pride and I'll go to gay parties and I'll be very proud of it, but my Jewish identity would often be rejected or looked down upon or um, questioned or my connection to Israel would be kept questioned and that that's all part of my identity and we are in the time that people reclaiming their identity, but I mean, what do you make of it? No, I, I was actually going to say how inspired I am and I see other people are by the LGBTQ plus community, like the, the pride events and the pride um, in, in each and every person who has come out, I think is so deeply inspiring. And I think it is inspiring other minorities. Right. Um, I think the thing about being Jewish is that everyone is so different, right? Like we look different, we come from different backgrounds. Some people have some, some scarring from like the, the religious experience of being Jewish. Of course, that's only one aspect, but it's there. I, I think um, it's, it's an evolution. I, I really do. I, um, I'm sorry that we feel this way. I'm just validating that we that we do that we all do that I that I at 37 am just now getting to enjoy hosting a Shabbat meal. Um, and it's not that people haven't wanted to come over. It's that I wanted so badly to fit in. And um, that wanting to fit in actually ostracized me more from my own self. And no one wants to hang with someone who's like 
dying to be accepted. It, it will probably require a Jewish person to say, maybe I think, what do you say before a non-Jewish, you know, cinematographer, director, writer, whatever will concur. Mm -hmm. But we do need, we do need that two-way street. Yeah. Yeah, and it was true when Scarlett Johansson was uh, was wanting to play a role of a trans. I, I'm not sure if she played a trans woman at a film. I think she did at the end, and that received a lot of criticism. Um, and I think it's also true when it's non-Jews that are playing non-Jews, uh, playing Jews, and in the sense of not. And, and it's not it is, as you said, like it's not going to the um, underrepresentation of Jews in in on the big screen. It goes to the fact that they don't have the full understanding or or you're just not Jewish so you can't really understand what it's like you would never understand what it's like just like we're just like we realize that non-black folks will not understand racism the way that black people do so I mean I'm, and I'm sorry for for the for compromise for uh, uh comparing but this is um I think this is the reality that we're facing and and instead of that being obvious we have to go to into the root of like saying wait but you're not doing it with any any other community why are you doing it with with us we are still a minority even if we have some representation we're still a, a, a tiny minority and as you said is often weave and represent our uh, ourselves in a poor way so that's a call for every director and every producer um, out there that is yeah, yeah. to cast uh, a Jewish person to a role Daniela's um, um, uh, Instagram is, uh, is for messages and fully stand behind. Uh, I think you would be an amazing Golda, by the way. Um, but Good too. <laughs> um, I want to speak about Uma, the film that you created that is a, a project um, that you directed where you um, discuss the experience of Holocaust survivors uh, with intergenerational trauma and how it passes on to the next generation. Um, what, uh, not only, uh, tell us not only about this, the, the film and where we can watch it, but also what did you learn along the way? Um, thank you so much for asking about it. Um, I, I, I have been sitting with this idea of um, the fact that our generation is the last to know Holocaust survivors, to know them intimately, you know, to be held by them, to be raised by them, to be loved by them, um, to hear their stories, to, to, you know, offer them joy. And um, I, I knew at a very young age that, um, that, that I had a responsibility. And, and I don't know that everyone does um, feel that level of responsibility, but I certainly did because I am a storyteller. And my grandparents' story was never told. They never uh, wanted to relive those painful experiences. Um, and they also, I think they were wanted to protect not only themselves, but my mother and her brother and, uh, you know, their, their four grandchildren. I mean, these are horrific memories and um, they didn't want our worldview to be painted with that. And yet what happens in trauma is that without that closure, um, both for the traumatized and for the ones being cared for, um, who, uh, you know, meaning if a parent and grandparent have PTSD, there's a part of them that is not fully online and the child feels that because they're easily triggered, because they're 
sad out of nowhere because there's just an ache in the air. And so I felt that very deeply growing up. And I, I, you know, um, I grappled with my own feelings of depression and anxiety. And, um, and in my research, I found out that it's very normal for children of uh, Holocaust survivors and their own grandchildren to experience that deep, deep, deep ache, um, almost as if that trauma had happened to them. Um, and that phenomenon is called um, either intergenerational trauma, or there's a field of study called epigenetics. That's an excellent segue to the next question and the final one, um, because often when I go to, um, to college campuses and I speak to students, um, the Jewish ones and, and even non-Jews that want to support the Jewish community, want to stand up against anti-Semitism and want to be Zionist, that by the definition that is the most simple definition that I don't know why people keep adding things to Zionism. Zionism just means that you support the right of a Jewish state to exist, that Israel has the right to exist in our ancestral homeland. It doesn't mean right. anything about anyone right. else. But it also just means that Israel exists, guys. Like it's right. happened. It yeah. Ha it is happening. And so it, how do we make a thing that it exists better? No? Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, to be as... Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But I think that when they're speaking about Israel and about Zionism, about being Zionist, the, the fact you, you're completely right because we're why are we discussing if Israel has the right to exist or not? Which other country are we having a conversation that is like that? No yeah. other country. Um, so yeah, so I'm based. I mean, I want to know what's your take and what's your advice to to those Jewish students that want to fight anti-Semitism but not willing to compromise for being and you know pro-Israel or being pro-peace or being pro and and most of them are pro-peace. They're not. I mean, I don't know many students that are Jewish and standing up for Israel uh, and you know think that Palestinians have no right for anything or that they don't have the right for dignity and security. I think. All of them. I never met anyone that any student that doesn't believe in that as well, or any Jewish person. I think, in as as a whole, you know, we are, we have different solutions to what peace would look like. But I think all Jewish people that I've met in my life do believe in peace and want peace and want both people to live in peace. So, yeah, what what would be your advice to to those students? Well, I mean, you're Israeli, right? So, like, you know that in Israel, people are like, hey, we live here, we raise children here, you know, I've been here for generations, and something has to change, you know, and we live in a progressive society, which means progress forward, what we have been doing, and how we've been living with um, our Arab brothers and sisters, like, it, it ain't working. Most Israelis would say that what the solution is, I don't know. Most Jews would say that too. You are not alone. Most Jewish people are grappling with the fact that people don't understand these concepts, that no one, maybe there was a time when you would have to be pro-Israel or pro-Palestinian, but no one that I know of is living in these binaries, right? I mean, the idea, what are we going to do with all those Jews and all those Palestinians who are already living there? Let's make their lives better. My, my suggestion, you know, to any college student is to know that the, this podcast exists 
for you, for you to know that you're not alone, that there are misunderstandings in the world. And you were put on this earth as a prayer and as a like real miracle for our ancestors. And yeah, sometimes that is a huge burden and you are magic. You are actual literal magic. And if sometimes you have to stand up to someone in discourse, not with violence, but with discourse and with heart and say, I think you've, um, you have a misunderstanding. Jewish people have no interest in this uh, level of violence or um, that, that you speak of. And, you know, we are, we are pro-peace. Most of us are advocating for peace. And if you want to advocate with me, let's do this together. But I, I am not going to engage in violence. That's what a Jewish person says. I will not engage in violence, it, even in this discourse. Anyway, what I, what I want you to know is that you're not alone and that we all have to find the words together. And that's why this um, podcast and why Chen, why you exist, you know, like why your work is so important is because we need the words. There, there is a misunderstanding. I want to validate that. And um, I'm sorry that it's on your shoulders, but magic costs extra sometimes absolutely couldn't agree more and i think Harvey milk once said and i love this quote so i'll finish with that that every gay person must come out as difficult as as difficult as it is you must tell your immediate family you must tell your relatives you must tell your friends you must tell everyone um, because once they know that you are and that their children are and that their brothers and sisters are, they will know that we are everywhere. And I think for us as Jewish people, um, and that really goes to a lot of what you spoke about, it's so important for us to be visible and to be everywhere and to show our beautiful self and show our, you said magic. And, and I always say it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we exist and we cannot forget that. Um, and the more we are proud of who we are, the more we are showing our true colors. Um, the, less anti-Semitism it will will be out there and less people and people will be less um, hateful or, or ignorant about who we are and less the less ignorant they are the less hateful people are. Um, I want to thank you so much for your time and for being part of this you are an incredible power of, of good and uh, just such an important voice in our community and I truly love you a lot and I appreciate you um, and thank you so much Daniela. Thank you so much I, I can I just add that um we, we can't fight darkness with darkness. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we fight darkness with light and with joy. And yeah. there's um, an opportunity to experience Jewish joy. Go for it. Take it. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I love that. Don't be consumed by anti-Semitism. Just remember that there's so much beauty in, our, in who we are as a people. Um, so yeah, thank you, Daniela. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the second Fresh Look episode. We're so glad you could join us for this fascinating discussion with award-winning actress Daniela Rabani. Be sure to subscribe to our channels and stay tuned for the next episode of Fresh Look.